on Book Circle Online, we're talking about a book about former childhood friends who reconnect in the South and deal with racial, socioeconomical, family issues. Next on Book Circle Online. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hello, hello, and welcome to Book Circle Online. I am your host, James Lodge Jr. I'm back again to interview someone who, to me, it's a full circle moment because I've been a fan of hers for years. I won't say how many because it ages us both. <laughs> I will not do that. Even though many of you know I'm a grandfather and a father. I can't believe it myself. I can't believe that. No, it's just it's crazy talk. It's all crazy. Uh, but she's great, and she's written a book. But first of all, my guest is an Emmy-nominated journalist. She's on TV, radio. I don't even look at this thing. Uh, executive producer, directing, writing, I mean, voiceover, speaker. She's a humanitarian advisor, talent. I mean, this girl gives me a run for my money. <laughs> she works. And she's out there helping people, too. But she also wrote a book, this fabulous book, called Destiny Lingers. The main character's name is Destiny. And this book is, is a great summer read, but it's not, like, super light. There's some, some serious stuff going on in this book. And I'm so excited. I read the book. I loved it. So we're going to talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Rolanda Watts. <laughs> 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 so nice to be here. Thank so, you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, look, you. You look fabulous too. Thank love, you. Thank you blonde. very much. I was blonde once. It was fun. You did. Yeah, it was fun. I've never been bald. Okay. Okay. <laughs> She's like, that's you. Some women can pull off, pull it off though. I know women who can. I have a, I have a co-host on um, one of my other shows I do here. She's a beautiful dark skinned black woman with bald hair. And I love it. Bald head. And it's just beautiful. It's confidence. It is. It is. Confidence. That's confidence. Because she tells me every day things that they tell her she can't, like, you can't wear these kind of earrings. You can't. She's like, I can wear whatever I want. That's right. That's right. Women have claimed back their own fashion sense. Yes. We're not waiting for an industry to tell yeah, us what to please. do. Uh, of course. Okay, folks. So she's got to indulge me just for one second, kids, because I was a fan of all the different talk shows that came out in the 90s. Some of them were just too much for me. They just weren't my cup of tea. But I liked hers. She had a talk show for about four years. I think mm-hmm. it was like four, four years. years. And I'm going to show, just you have to indulge me, a snippet from that, right over there. <laughs> I don't know when the last time you've seen any of your shows. I know. They're all up there on YouTube. Oh, yeah, they're all it's there. It's amazing. It's amazing. But it's just, this is just one of them that I chose. Okay, let's see what all. Oh. It's a Jefferson. <laughs> oh. You know something? You are one funny lady. But we were out shooting our little open for the show out there. You still had the one-liners, Marla. You were still just quipping at George the same way. <laughs> yeah. Is that real? Is that what became of your friendship? Did we oh, you yes. Have... Always. Always? Mm-hmm. She's on you like that? Yeah. I guess that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. Now, your part started out as just a very short pop. Yeah. Just was... to come in once or twice, and then what happened? It was a one-time thing, and uh, I left and gave the job to the other lady. I just saw her recently. Went home and cried. Home <laughs> but that's all that was supposed to happen. And along about the fifth show, they wrote something else for me, and then they wrote something else for me on the eighth show, and then next year they offered me a contract. Isn't that mm-hmm. wonderful? And so I just wanted a little piece. I mean, she had, they're, they're all on YouTube, but that's where I first heard of you, of course. Yeah. And then, of course, you've done, I mean, you've done, I was just talking about you did Days of Our Lives. You've done so you pop up on TV shows all the time. <laughs> You know, what, you know what's so crazy about this? Yes. Do you know that I shot a sitcom pilot and Marla pe- played my mother-in-law? Oh, my God. Skip to 20 years later. Oh, my we God. We are still working together. Isn't that wow. something? I saw her recently. It was, no, it was an Office Depot. She was, <laughs> she was at Office Depot. We live, I live in Inglewood, and she was over in Westchester. And I was like, oh, it's Marla Gibbs. She got her car and was everything. And let me tell you, she's she's way up there, but let me, she's just as sharp and yeah. on it and yeah. still working. And people, if, if you guys don't know a little bit about L.A. 
South LA history, Marta Gibbs, Memory Lane, everything. She did a lot for black comics and black actors and the community actually back in the day. That's right. Her show, her, her, right. her place was the bomb. It was like a place to be. Yeah. So just a little, little brief thing I'm going to say because I'm a big fan of yours. I'm oh, so happy to thank meet you. you so much. Thank I love you. doing this job. I love this, I get to meet people that I like. <laughs> so I'm this job. well, I'm glad my work has affected you in such a positive <laughs> way, I, and I hope it continues <laughs> to do that. <laughs> it does. It does. You never. That's the thing. You never know when you're doing something. How it will affect people. That's right. That's right. And what's really interesting is having spent so many years and so many blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> working on this novel, and yeah. now to go around the country and talk with people yeah. about it. You know, it's not in my head anymore. Yeah. Now it's really freaky. It's like being out there naked. Yes. You know, people yes. see your your work now. It's okay. Really cool. So, folks. Okay, this book. I'm, I, I was writing stuff as I'm reading. I was writing things down. I mean, it talks about childhood friendship. You know, reconnection, race, economics, love. Self-discovery, womanhood, marriage. Specifically, like, did Destiny really... Cause I'm gonna give, we're not going to give away the ending or anything. You have to read the book for that. <laughs> but, like, did she really not look at all the clues in her marriage? Which is, These are all, like, relatable subjects. Yeah, they are. And you hit all, you hit all of them. Uh, absolutely. And I think it's also the, the naivety in the midst of all-knowing. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time you understand that your husband is having an affair, you've known for a long time. Yeah, you think, right? Yeah. And you just don't want to face the truth. And you deny, deny, deny Mm -hmm. until it slams you in the face. Yeah. And then you look back and start piecing everything together. So we catch Destiny... Just when she's in the midst of the, the oh. end of the denial. Oh, it opens with the whole thing of, like, I see a red hair on my husband's pillow. That's right. And the only person I know with red hair is my best friend, Eve. Yeah, mm. I'm all. Let me get my tea really quick. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, mean, I, I thought that was a great, it was, it was a great, that was a great opening. But here's the thing, because I was looking at this as, I saw the correlation between her being an investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. You're an investigative journalist. I know. And she's chasing every story in the big city, but not paying attention to her own life. But you know something? That's reality. It is. Here she is in a high-powered position. Mm -hmm. She is going for the gold. She's in her 20s. She's Mm -hmm. going for it. Mm -hmm. And she's putting all of her attention on that next news story. She's not paying attention to what's going on at home. That there are no groceries in the refrigerator. That no food has been cooked for a long time. That her husband and her work different shifts and they're not making time for each other. So it makes sense that this thing might have happened. But by the time she realizes it's it's too late. God, I know. It was so relatable. It was crazy. Okay, so basically uh, we'll start with... The premise of the book is that Destiny, who's the lead character, which I love the title, the name, uh, she's a news reporter. She discovers this this hair, and and there's a couple of tragedies that happen. Some stuff happens, but she goes back to her home of Topsail Island, uh, North Carolina, first with her hubby, and next at the same time by herself. Um, and that's where she meets up with Chase McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Who's the police chief. Yes. Very handsome and yes. dashing. And there's this uncanny familiarity. She can't put her finger on it, mm-hmm. and then come to find out, that was the little boy she was in love with, but couldn't be with because of yes. segregation. Yes. Time moves on, but yeah. destiny lingers. Oh my God, go see. Drop the mic. <laughs> the mic, I love it. You're a professional. And I love this line, too. Yes. The laws that kept them apart could never separate their love. <laughs> oh, so hot. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I don't totally agree. No, it's, no, it's great. I mean, this, this is the hardcover version. This is like really nice. It's the hardcover version. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I almost said that. Yeah. That. But it also begs that question of what would you do for a second chance at your first love? Well, there's that too. So I so, I mean, like, your, your book was so multi-layered. 
Because there's so many different things going on. Even in some of the scenes you're writing, there were like two or three things going on in the scene. Mm-hmm. That's like, Rolana wrote this? Like, this is great. This is crazy talk. Like, you're a good writer. <laughs> Thank you very like, much. Like, this, this is great. I mean, like, I mean, we never know. We get popular for things that we do. Mm-hmm. Since you don't know, we always have other talents until we can actually bring them out. Uh, but I was just pleasantly surprised. I'm like, she, like, she knows how to write. Thank and you. And there, there was different layers. I'm like, yeah, do you go, you finally found the boy that you, as a kid, was kind of in, you know, whatever, whatever you call it, love or whatever it was with then. But now you're adults and your marriage is falling apart and the traction is kind of there. And also time has changed. This story takes place in the 80s with some 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So when they were kids, the Jim Crow law was well, still going on. Yeah. They weren't allowed to be with each other. Right. Destiny comes from a very upper echelon, snooty, mm-hmm. bourgeoisie yes. family. Chase comes from a trailer park with a yeah. very simple beginning. His father was abusive. Mm-hmm. His mother's a racist. So there was this one line in there that I, that I really resonate on. Destiny says, he couldn't play with me because I was black, but I couldn't play with him because he was poor. So we're dealing with race issues and class issues, which is everything we're talking about right now, particularly in the political system. And I I thought it was very um, interesting that you chose to make him the poor one. Mm -hmm. Because there are are strong, prominent black families in the South. That's right. And and, and I know that. My grandparents uh, founded... Uh, Ocean City on top. So oh, okay. this is a true okay. story in there okay. that I came from. I grew up in Winston-Salem, North oh, Carolina, okay. but we had a summer home on Topsail Beach, on Topsail okay. Island. It was called Ocean City. And in 1949, yeah. my grandparents, along with about nine other black families, doctors and lawyers yeah. and morticians, as you know, in our community, <laughs> yes, the, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, started the first black beachfront community in wow. North Carolina. In fact, we segre- we integrated the beaches. They were wow. segregated until that wow. that community was founded. And um, it's interesting because the the classism was so interesting. Even though the island was integrated, Mm -hmm. it was still very segregated. The whites Mm -hmm. lived on one end. The blacks lived on the other. Now, one thing we say down south is the only thing white folks hate more than black folks is poor white folks. (laughs) And so the poor white (laughs) folks live next to the wealthier black folks in their trailer parks. So my imagination went off that you can't. Even even when it was against the law for children of different races to play with each other, you cannot tell me children didn't play up under those marshes right. and go crab hunting together yeah, and fishing yeah, together yeah. and then come out of those marshes and be separate because that's yeah. what America's yeah. law said. Well, like I said, time moved on in Destiny. It's interesting because I've had lesbian couple came to me and said, this is our story. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were in love years ago and only five years ago could we get married. That's true. Same thing. I had, I've had white men come to me, James, and say, thank you for telling our story. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, we don't find many stories about poor white men in America. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, and not all. He said, when people look at us as white men in America, they automatically think we're rich mm-hmm. and we came from the country club. He says, I come from meager background. I come from the family that Chase came from. And I've made something of myself and nobody talks about us. And I thought about that. And that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Matthew McConaughey coming yeah, out with yeah. this story. But yeah. where are the stories about the poor white boys who grow up and want to yeah. be a hero, too? Yeah, that's true. In a Free State of Jones, he just, I think he just did was something about the whites, Matthew McConaughey, and they were doing the whole... They were fight. There were a lot of whites actually also in the civil rights movement that were with us who they weren't rich. That's they right. They were just they wanted rights for everybody. That's right. They understood what yeah. it was to be a worker in America. Yeah. All working hands together. That's what a union is. Yeah. 
and that and that's what America should be. Yeah. But um, I'm so happy because there are a couple of other stories I'm hearing resonating, coming not only talking about slavery from a black and white perspective, but also showing the whites that weren't just always slave masters beating yeah. down the black folks. Yeah. There were people that actually helped. And and I think that love endures, even hatred, yeah. even time. And yeah. we're seeing, and I wanted to sing the songs that we had not heard yet and sing them in harmony. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because also this whole thing about rekindling and can you go back? Mm. It's, always, it's, always, it's always a question. I mean, is it, does it, is it for a certain, as you know, in the Bible says in the sea, everything's for a season. Was it just for a season? Yeah. And this, when you were kids, you have a different perspective about everything. Now you're an adult, you're world weary, you have you have more experience. Mm-hmm. Can you go back and actually not necessarily recreate what you had, but can you build from? Well, let's say, that? can you have the life that was meant for you? Right. Because so many of us make decisions and That's wish true. that we had made it. What would happen if I had made a different decision in my life? If I had the courage to love mm-hmm. who I really wanted to love, to be who I really wanted to be, to do what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What I know in my God's heart is why I'm here. Yeah. And that's a tough decision. Now, I ask a lot of people, what would you do for a second chance of their first love? And they say, I'd throw a pot of grits on his ass. But But then there's some people who actually say, you know, I could go back and I would love to have a second chance. I should have done it years ago. Yeah. You know? Or I really messed it up back then because I wasn't blank. Right. All right. God, that's, 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 I mean, this book made me think about that stuff like that. It's just kind of like, okay. And the fact that, you know, for you, because you grew up in now, because you grew up in North Carolina. So did you see some of this in your own life? Not to say like you, but like friends of no, yours or. You mean with uh, black and white or and the... poor, poor and rich? Oh, absolutely. 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 I, um, I, there's some incidents, inc- incidents in the book that I write about that are, were actually true to my life. Okay. One okay. of them was when um, Destiny and her mom get in this big fight after she realizes she's rekindling this thing with yeah. with Chase after yeah. all the families have worked to keep them oh, apart. Yes. And she's freaking out. She's saying, you don't understand. Her, she has the most racist, but they don't mean the best. And she's like, mom, but he's so not. And she's like, listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> and so they go back and she's talking about all the things she's protected her child from. One of them was when she was in kindergarten and she came home with a little note pinned to her sweater and they were to go to the class was to go out to the park the next day. And she was all excited. She just knew yeah. that little pin was like, wear a sweater, pack yes. your sandwiches. Yes. And she, her mother says, no, do you know what that letter said? That letter said that you can't go to the park because they don't allow blacks and Jews. So that was a true story in my life. Wow. wow. That was a true story in my life. I couldn't go with the class um, because I was the only black in the class. And my parents were really big about us integrating back in the 60s, mm-hmm. integrating. And so you had to put up with a lot of stuff. Then I went to an all-girls, all-white high school, Salem uh-huh. Academy. Wow. And there came a time we were having a dance at a country club. Uh-huh. And the country club didn't allow blacks and Jews. Wow. But five of my classmates, five of my white, rich classmates okay. stood up to their parents and said, we're not going if Rolanda can't go. Wow. And they changed the rules at that country club for me. Wow. Now, I've seen both sides of it. Yeah. And on on all racism, what is perceived as racism is malicious intent. Right. And what I want to see more of, and I because I've lived it and I know it's there, my friends are still talking about it. Mm-hmm. I want to see more non-black people stand up for what's right. That's what I say. Our allies I, need that's to stand right. up. I yes. want five more white girls to stand up and say, that's not right. Mm-hmm. No, I we agree. will not be party to that. Stop it right now. I agree. I've always said that. I always say that if people who aren't the ones that it's happening to 
really were more vocal about stuff. Right. Because one day, because one day it will be your turn. I, I say it all the time. One day I say it, it all will the time. be your turn. Yes. And you want somebody there to help you and raise a voice for what's right for you. I agree. That's the that's the human thing to do. That's the yeah. right thing to do. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, in the book, there were times when I did understand the mother. You, you bring up good points because as a parent myself, and you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties, and. And in the seventies, especially, I mean, I was I went to a school. We had this segregation, the big bust out. <laughs> I'm here from LA to be bust out to the valley, right? And still, when you got there, all the white kids still stayed over here, and the black kids still went over there. Um, and being, why are your parents different races, and what's going on, and what's going, and why do you look this way, and why? I mean, all the questions that kids say to you bluntly, mm-hmm. and you know, and or why I won the spelling bee against my white best friend, and I was not invited to their house anymore. Mm. Mm. I never forget that, and he didn't care. We were friends. Yeah. I won't out his name or anything. Well, you know what's funny is when I, I was at my book signing back at home and okay. at the Barnes & Noble back home in Winston-Salem and after I had this talk and talking about race and stuff, one of my girlfriends from high school said, Rolanda, I've been wanting to tell you this for years and I didn't know how to tell you, but I think now's the time. And I said, what? She goes, you remember when we hugged each other really tight after graduation? I said, yeah. She goes, my grandmother said she was going to write me out the will if I ever spoke to another black person, much less touched one. Oh, my and she said, we had a major family sit down after graduation because of that. And she said, and we stood up to my grandmother. And she said, and I learned, she said, I had never seen racism in my life and had no idea it existed in my own family. Wow. From a hug. From a hug. And That's we were sisters. And we'd been best friends for four years at Cyclone. Yeah. And her family was fine with me. But yeah. when the grandma came from she wherever like, she, yeah, came she came from, from she wherever like, she came from, <laughs> she wasn't having all that. She wasn't having that. <laughs> but I think right now there's yeah. so many teachable moments yes. that we have, particularly as black folks and writers and storytellers. Yes, I agree. Um, I think that, that telling stories allows us to, to listen without offending mm-hmm. and defending mm-hmm. and speak without offending and defending. And your book, actually, you do present the different sides. Mm-hmm. You do in the arguments and the talking and the things that happen. You do show what they're thinking, what the mother is thinking, and I, I, I get what she, I get what she's saying because I I have been there trying to tell my kids kind of what my experience was. Right. But then, so then, then as parents, I remember well things are different now. I'm so glad you said that. Let me tell you why. Tell me, tell because me. because there's I tell you I'm getting that a lot of people generationally are reading. Mom's mm-hmm. reading and daughters reading. They're having a conversation. I tell the young folks who are reading, I said, listen, I said, you know, when you brought that person home who didn't look like everybody else in your family and your mom and daddy went like this and you were like, why, why, why? <laughs> you know, because we can date anybody we want these days. TBG, and and you don't realize it wasn't that long ago you'd be swinging from a tree or tarred and feathered because of stuff like that. And I said, we're creatures of our experiences. Your mom and daddy went through what auntie went through. Yeah. I drank colored water and it wasn't Gatorade and Kool-Aid. Wow. You know, I was I was told I couldn't go someplace because I was black. Yeah. I remember that. And I'm just in my mid-50s. Right, no, right. And so I want them to realize that the freedom that they have with 15% mm-hmm. of the couples interracial, almost way over 65% of people mm-hmm. under 26 are interracial. Mm-hmm. You know, and at one point, everybody going to look like me. Yeah, they are. That's sure. right. So it's it's uh, it's a it's a new day, but still, the experiences we've have in our history resonate. Yeah, we're a young country too, so it's kind of it's still very fresh. Yes. Um, it's funny. I got this book and this offer to do this right after Loving Day happened, mm. which was not too long ago. If you guys don't know what Loving Day is, look it up. 
Very important day. It's a very important day. I don't get to do too much street odds. It's, it's, it's a, the Lovings are again, they're an interracial couple. And it's, it's, a, it's a really. Well, they're the ones who came up and said, no yeah, more. Stop right. it right now. Right. We're an interracial couple. And isn't it ironic that God sent a couple down here who were warriors for yeah. love, yes. whose last name was Loving? I know that. Isn't and they broke the law. I yes. mean, they broke that law yes. and said, no more will it be and, against the law to be interracial. And, there, and I, I posted a thing on it on my page. I got so many hits on it, of course. Love it. Um, but no, I think there's no coincidence. I say there's never a coincidence. Never a coincidence. No. I tell you what, I've been working on this book for decades. It was a hobby. Okay. That turned into something that had legs. When Dr. Maya Angelou read it, she said, "I saw her. I saw her things." She, she endorsed like, it. Yes, she, she did. endorsed then, it. Talk about taking a mic and throwing it on the ground. I know. Well, you know what? When she read it, I said, "Auntie, I'm working on this a little bit. Would you kind of like see if it's okay?" And she read it, and she was like, "Don't you die with the story still in you?" <laughs> You sit down and write this. You write this. And so I did. And, and you know, I pray. I was like, God, I, when is this book ever going to be finished? And it was finished at the right time because that's what we're talking about. Never before in all the years that I've been working on this would it have been most yeah. appropriate than now. God, I know. You're speaking the language. Yeah. Um, were there any parts of writing this book that were just really painful for you to write, to write through? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I can tell. I can probably name a few, but I'm not yeah. give the book yeah. away. Because a lot of the pain, you know, this was a book for healing for me, too. Okay. Um, yes, many, many a gazillion. You know, I was married a long, <laughs> yeah, yeah, long yeah, time, yeah, one, three yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I got married at 22. Don't move. <laughs> but I do remember that even though I was ready to leave the marriage, it was still a very painful oh, yeah, transition. Of course, of course. And I, and, uh, you know, just, there were, you know, there were, there were the longing for love that doesn't exist, the unrequited mm-hmm. love, the, the difficulty at the job when, you know, you're getting pounded on every day. You know, those are real feelings. They are. And a lot of those feelings I put into this book, and and yes, I healed. She's a... Destiny is a lot more sensitive than me. I'm a little tougher. (laughs) I get over stuff a lot easier. But there would be... I'd be like, pull up your pants, girl. Get out of there. And she'd be like, no, I want to walk over just another minute. (laughs) Because it was hard. Destiny had a hard time. That's what I'm saying. There was was self-discovery in it because she was having a hard time. She went with her husband in North Carolina. She went back on her own. It's like she was trying to really figure this out. Yeah. It was rough for her. It was really rough for her. She was trying to wrap her mind around the stuff that was happening right. to her. And some of us, it takes a little, so, so us, just all of us out there, some people out there, it takes a longer time to work that out. Well, I think we hide behind our jobs. I think yes. we hide behind activities. Yes. I think we hide behind text messages and telephones and technology, and we rarely touch into what's really happening in our heart mm-hmm. until we hit a wall and we have to figure it out yes. and quick. Yes. That's so true. You, when we're forced. Mm-hmm. Like basically, like you said, a wall. I guess a wall. I guess a wall is the best metaphor. I mean, you're forced, yeah. and it's like right here. Right here, you don't then have, you a have choice. To, you have a choice, and that's actually you shouldn't wait to come to that conclusion. Yeah. You shouldn't be yeah. at a wall. Or sometimes you get thrown off a cliff and you fly. <laughs> that's true. Most or, of the times yeah. you fly. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank God. <laughs> you might plummet just a few feet before yeah, those wings come yeah, out. But like, then yes, <laughs> like, that's a little scary. Oh my, oh my God! So I mean, so this this story came to you a, a long time ago, and you decided I'm going to write this. Yeah. So we wanna, we wanna to... You know, let's go back to 1996. I'm in the midst oh, wow. of an internationally syndicated talk show yeah. called Rolanda. Yes, I have a beach house. My grandparents owned a beach house, like I said, from 1949. And then uh, I bought my own house. And I was down there in 1996, and there was a threat that a huge hurricane was going to slam on the island. I said, that hurricane hadn't been here in 50 years. (laughs) Yeah, right. So I call Inside Edition. I say, hey, look, 
I want to report live here about the hurricane on the porch here in my house and just bring... And they were like, great, we'll send a crew. So they send the crew. By the time the crew got there, it was too dangerous for them to cross the bridge to get on the island. It was too dangerous for me to cross the bridge to get off. So I had to ride out this horrendous hurricane. I remember looking at the news and they said, there are 11 stubborn stragglers still stuck on Topsail Island. I realized I was one of them. them. I'm one of them, folks. (laughs) So after that horrendous storm and it battered the island, we weren't allowed to leave our homes unless we had emergency escort to Red Cross. I ate at the Red Cross for three days. They served collard greens. Could you believe it? Okay, like, hello. (laughs) Sounds good to me. I know. But the police chief would come and pick me up and take me to the rescue place where I could eat. And we would talk about the island, this island we loved. We were all mourning because it was so badly battered. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, and I said, well, why don't we know each other? And then it hit me, segregation. So I wanted to capture, one of the things my grandfather used to always say is, you know, in, in disasters, when a hurricane comes, we all the same color okay. of the dark. Okay. And so I wanted to capture the hurricane. The, the, it, basically what I wanted to capture was the beauty and ugliness of human nature and the beauty and ugliness of nature itself and have them combine. Yeah. And so the hurricane is in there. And then I started thinking, wow. You know, that was that would be the pivotal part of that hurricane. Mm-hmm. What would that hurricane symbolize? And Ooh, you see yeah. what it symbolizes yes. in this book. Yes, you do. You read this book. The folks. storms of life and the storms at sea. <laughs> in a world. In yeah. a world. Yes, no, it, no, complete, <laughs> no, completely. No, and you do. No, when you read this book, it really you, it takes you through it. Um, why the word why the name Destiny? Well, why for the character? Can I tell you something, honestly? I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. When I wrote the first draft of Destiny Lingers. I didn't realize until page 250 of this draft that I had not given her a name. Oh. It is rare. First of all, it's rare a journalist writes a novel. Yeah. Right, then yeah. it's even rarer that a novel is written in first person. I wanted to right. challenge myself on both of those. Okay. So when it's written in first person, you never have to call your name. That's right. Oh, my and God. And I couldn't believe how many editors and writing circles and workshops I'd been in had read that much and never by, nobody ever asked her name. So finally, when she meets Chase for the first time, Chase says, hi, I'm Chase McKenzie. What's your name? I stopped. And wow. the character said, hi, I'm Destiny. And I, I got chills right now. I know, I they, see it. I know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm right getting them too. I'm like, because she lives. She told me her name. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's really yeah. interesting when you put, I think writers can relate to this. Yeah. When you put the blood gushing through the veins of your character and mm-hmm. bones and attitude and mm-hmm. the way they walk and the way they scratch yeah. over here. They become real. They yeah. become their own life. I know this sounds crazy to people don't write. Right, but I, I believe it. You remember the scene Boston? Yes. That's the most wonderful, pivotal scene yeah. that the characters took me on. When Destiny has admitted to her best girlfriends, because it's a story about friendship, too. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but when she admits to her girlfriend, I think there's something going on, and she just collapses. And then it's all, I'm crying. They're crying. Everybody's crying. And then I stop, and I'm like, where am I going to go now? And so one of the characters goes, what are we going to do now? And I'm like, and Kat jumped up and said, Get dressed to kill, oh, yeah. ladies. That's We're going to Boston. Yeah. I have never been to Boston in my life. Oh, funny. I have no idea what Boston is like. Yeah. We end up in the Ritz-Carlton of Boston, and that is one of the most pivotal That's scenes. Scene. I followed them through. I, yeah. I'm going to tell you, I didn't write that. I, I wrote what I saw. Yeah. Divine yeah. Intervention. Yeah. I, 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 I totally believe that. Yeah. I totally believe that. Divine Intervention, I completely believe. 
So that's kind of, that's really funny, actually. Wow. So you're actually in real time going through the emotion as you're writing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Is it informing your writing? I you love know, that. Every time I read about Thomas, the guy in yeah. the beginning in the hostage situation, yeah. I cry. Oh, wow. I boohoo. I wow. love that character. I don't yeah. know why, wow. but I love him. Folks, somebody dies right in front of her while she's doing assignments. Well, we'll see. Yes, or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot of action in the book too. There's some stuff in the book. I mean, there's hostages a lot. and yes. the guys are really relating to it. Yeah. Look, I've got a cop and a journalist. Yeah, you can't beat that. No, you you can't. got the news industry, which yeah. a lot of that is drawn from. You know, it's a creative nonfiction, which means I take a lot of real things and then mm-hmm. have the creative license, like the hostage situation. Yeah. Yeah. When I was an investigative news reporter at ABC in New York and NBC in New York. I was called in to help negotiate a hostage situation. Wow. It ended very peacefully. Now okay. I will say that. Okay, okay. If it had ended the way it did in the book, yeah, I yeah. would have 10 Emmys by now. <laughs> but <laughs> but still, you know, you take things from yeah. your own life and use it as, yeah. as the fodder. God, it's, it's, I mean, this book is just really good. I, I just, I can't say it enough and enough, enough, enough. It is how good it was. So when you, when you finished, like, did you know how you were going to end it? Because I know some books you're writing, you're writing, you're going through the journey, and you're like, how am I going to end this book? Some come naturally, I guess, or the story dictates it. Did you kind of know, or did you? I knew the back half of the book. Okay. I knew all of the chase stuff. Okay. I just didn't, I couldn't figure out how she was going to get down to North Carolina. Okay. Okay. And then I said, well, look at your life and find some tragedy. (laughs) I'm having a laugh on them. It's like, let's cut it. Look Look at your own life. Yes. I said, it would have to be something so heartbreaking, so tragic, she would have to get away. Yeah. It would have to be something that was so big. Well, it makes sense, folks. You read the book, it makes sense. Yeah, that she would have to just get away to get get herself together. Yeah, that makes sense. And many of us have gone home at times in our lives. You're old enough. You Mm -hmm. you last long enough. We've kind of gone to where we had to go back and kind of That trip to Bountiful. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I've done it. We've all all done it at certain times in our lives. And just, you need that comfort and that just, you know, just kind of. And to reconnect with who you really are. <clears throat> yes, because and we work in an industry that's very um, unstable, can be unfeeling sometimes, mm-hmm. harsh. Um, you're working one day and then not working for seven months. I mean, like it's a, it's a very you're hustling to make work. You're hungry. You're thirsty. I mean, like it's a it's a rough business to be in. It really is. For our, it's, it's hard on your souls. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to find ways to stay centered. You seem very centered, so you have to stay centered. I try to stay centered. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Yeah, it is. You gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. Yes, you gotta have faith. You gotta totally have faith. Um, So, okay. So the book, you know, your book is going, you got the publisher, it's about to come out. How did it feel to actually see this in your hands for the first time? It was amazing. I boohooed. I'm gonna say, did you cry? I I cried. cried. I totally cried. Totally cried. I'm working on my first book right now, and and I hope to have it out by early next year, and I'm very, I think I'm gonna cry. There's nothing. When I I walk into Barnes and Noble, and I see my name, and I see my book on the shelf. I just it's but but my but I want to inspire anybody who's got those those written those things that dust them off pull them out of that 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 box you put them in and believe in your work you know everybody everybody has a story to tell yes, do. and you have no idea how important it is that you tell that story because there are people waiting to hear it who need that story to survive sometimes to move on to have faith and I think sometimes we doubt ourselves. Don't doubt yourself. Your story is going to tell itself. Don't die with that story still in you. Get that dust off those pages. Get behind that computer. Get in a workshop writing. Work with some friends. Meet every Saturday morning and write. Do whatever you've got to do. But I want to inspire people. If I can do it, I know you can do it. 
I never dreamed I would be on this end of my story, but I am, and I'm going to write the sequel like Dr. Maya gonna, Angelou told you. me to. I was going to ask you. She told you to. you got to do what Maya tells. I, well, listen, when Dr. Maya Angelou tells yeah, you to do something, you, do you better do it. You better do it, folks. Right. I was going to ask you. I heard, she, I, heard she, I read she said that, and I'm like, so you're going to do it. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I she, see this. she said she was so angry when she finished the book, and I said, <laughs> why did I split a verb? <laughs> she said, you finished it. I wanted more. So she said, keep the story going, Miss Watts. Keep the story going. So I said, okay. Okay. All right. But not another 20 years, girl. I know. That cannot take that long. Yeah, I hope I'm alive still then. I'm like, come on. I hope I'm alive still then. (laughs) No, it won't take that long. It won't take that long. But no, I, I'm excited because I mean the book. I could, I would read it. I'd read more of their story. I would totally read it. I really respect that. And thank, thank you, you so much. I, I'm honored. It's just, it's just you guys. I mean, when good books come along, they make you think, and they're also they're, they're in a nice packaging, of course. But they make you think. <laughs> I just, they're just so rare sometimes. I, I like a good book that makes me think mm-hmm. about. And I put myself in this position, and like, how would I handle that? Or I've never been in business before, so how would I handle that? I mean, yeah. like, it's just like, oh my, you really, you're on, you're on a journey with destiny. And it really does speak to you. I think that's why people didn't notice it until 250 some pages, yeah. and they never noticed that there yeah. wasn't a name because I think yeah. they're relating so much that it's their story. Mm-hmm, it is. Now, did you have any detractors saying like she has a book coming out, or it has been really smooth for you so far with this? Um, because you're a journalist, no, you have your talk show, you have all these other things you've done. Yeah, I mean, you know, the toughest thing you face is being an independent publisher. Oh, okay, yes. Um, that's the tough thing you face, because yeah. you know, you're, you're up against the big guys. But if you, but yeah. you know what, you know, like we say in journalism, what sells, and, and in talk shows, okay. and all of my life, what sells yes. a good story? A good story. And I stand by my work. I stand by this story. Yes. I worked my butt off yes, for it. Did. I have no problem letting it do its thing. Yeah. Let it do what it do. <laughs> <laughs> and it done did. Let it, it do done what did. it do. It done did. It's a, it's a fascinating, great book. It's called Destiny Lingers. Um, so before we go, is there, is there anything else coming up for you these days? What's going on? You, oh, work, you work all yeah. the time. Listen, I'm going to be at the Lemert Book okay. Fair oh, this Saturday. My neighborhood. That's oh my God. Right. So come on out to yes. Lemert Book Fair this Saturday. I'm signing books. I'm meeting and greeting oh, with good. my readers. And there are going to be a lot of fascinating uh, oh. writers out there. Zane is going to be there. Oh, Zane. Bobby Brown came oh. up with a cookbook. We oh, got wow. Flo Anthony who's going to be I there. I love Flo Anthony. Yes. Oh, my God. She's okay. going to be at my booth. So you can come okay. and see Flo and Roe at the same time. <laughs> we'll be out there having a good time. We're also, Flo and I are also going to do a workshop. So if you're a writer, oh, wow. you want to get those skills kind of together. You want to know what we went through as independent publisher yeah, and, yeah. and maybe, and I think she has a, 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 a mainstream publisher. Okay. But come and find out how to get that book done and if you've yeah. got a little piece of writing you're working on, come on out and get some inspiration That's and motivation. Uh-huh. Also, I'm doing a recurring role on In the Cut on yes, Bounce in the TV. Yes, In the Cut. And yes. on August 31st if you're in Los Angeles, I'm going to be at the World Famous Comedy Store Ooh. in the main room. That's August 31st doing some stand-up comedy for you. In the main room, folks. In the main room. I worked up to the main room. Okay. Started at the belly room, then went to the original room. Now I'm in the main room. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be where Jay Leno got his start. Oh, where, know. You know, where I Whoopi know. Goldberg got his start. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. I'm excited, I'm excited oh, that's about stuff, it. Some good stuff. Thank you so yeah. much for being on. Thank you what so much, pleasure. James. It, you know what? It meant a lot to me that you read the book. Yeah. Thank you. It was, my, it was my pleasure. My pleasure. I love it. <laughs> Tell folks in that camera where they can find you on social media if they want to say anything. Hey, everybody. I'm Rolanda Watts, and you can find me at Rolanda Watts. That's R-O-L-O-N-D-A Watts, W-A-T-T-S. On Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you can buy my book, Destiny Lingers, 
There you go. Good girl. We got Destiny Lingers. We just got copies. <laughs> you can buy this book at Amazon. You can buy it at Barnes & Noble, yep. Chevalier Books here, Parker Rhodes Books in Charlotte. Just look for the book. And you can also go to Rolanda.com and find out more about what I'm doing and more about the book. Yes, do it. And I'll be posting stuff on my page, too, of course. Yeah. This is Destiny Lingers. Get it, get it, get it, get it. And thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on Books Talk Online. You can follow us on Facebook iTunes, YouTube at Book Circle Online, Twitter, it's Book Circle On, at Book Circle On, and you can follow me, James Lott Jr., at all the interwebs at James Lott Jr., and I will see you next time. Thank you. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.